Welcome to Good Girls Talk About Sex. I am sex and intimacy coach Leah Carey, and this is a place to share conversations with all sorts of women about their experience of sexuality. These are unfiltered conversations between adult women talking about sex. If anything about the previous sentence offends you, turn back now. And if you're looking for a trigger warning, you're not going to get it from me. I believe that you are stronger than the trauma you have experienced. I have faith in your ability to deal with things that upset you. Sound good? Let's start the show. A couple weeks ago, you heard me do a coaching session with Caitlin. She was talking about her newfound attraction to women and how she can go about exploring it. And I'm going to give you a little update on that at the end of the episode. During that conversation, she mentioned Chris. The two of them have been in a friends with benefits relationship for a while that both of them considered non-monogamous. But when the pandemic hit, They were already inside each other's bubbles, so they became monogamous sort of by necessity. Today, Caitlin and Chris join me together for a couples coaching session where we talk about their explorations in BDSM. They began playing in the BDSM realm several months ago and came to me because, as Caitlin said, they don't know what they don't know. They wanted to have a place to ask questions, get feedback, and talk in an open and non-judgmental space to make sure everything is out in the open. Now, Caitlin has been a previous coaching client. I had never spoken to Chris prior to this conversation, but he let me know that he has been a listener to the podcast for a while. And so I just want to say hello to all you men out there who are enthusiastic listeners. They knew that this conversation was being recorded for air, and I'm grateful that they were both willing to show up with such openness and honesty. If you enjoy listening in on these coaching sessions, please let me know. I have one more recorded to share with you in a couple weeks, but if you like them, I'll do more in the future. At the end of this episode, I'll give you more information about how you can work with me doing sex and intimacy coaching. Okay, now let's talk to Caitlin and Chris. So, Caitlin and Chris, I am so excited to talk with you. Um, Caitlin, you and I did a private session recently talking about your explorations into attractions to women. Um, And now, and you and I have worked together before, as we said then, but now we're folding Chris into the conversation. Chris, you and I have not worked together at all. In fact, this is the first time we're speaking at all. So um, I am excited to sort of hear what's going on with the two of you and find out how I can support you. Uh, I understand that you're both kind of allergic to labels. but (laughs) (laughs) I think what I have taken from my earlier conversation with Caitlin is that um, the two of you are more like friends with benefits than you are like a traditional couple. That's correct. Yeah. You're, 
you would consider yourself non-monogamous were we not in a pandemic situation where the two of you are sort of each other's bubble. Does that feel correct? Yeah, exactly. Okay, terrific. So now I'm going to send it over to the two of you to let me know what is going on that you want to talk about today. So I think um, the two of us, so we've been friends for a long time before sex got added. And so that friends with benefits, it is very much that sort of best friends with benefits scope, which has been advantageous because we already communicated so well in so many ways um, and trusted each other in so many ways. And so probably five months ago, I think we worked out it was, we sort of shifted into a more intentional BDSM dynamic. So the vanilla sex we were having had shades of that. And at that point, it became a much more intentional like, hey, do you realize we're kind of leaning towards this anyway? And like, I've thought about these things. Have you thought about these things? And it turns out we were both thinking about these things. (laughs) It's funny how that works. (laughs) (laughs) It is. I was like, this is the most convenient thing to happen to me ever. Um, Can you, before you go on, can you just tell me when you were, before you had this conversation, what were the shades of BDSM that were showing up? Like using a tie as bondage mm-hmm. or kind of like rougher sex, I guess, for lack of a better term. Okay. Or blindfold. Um, I think it's blindfolding. Been like mm-hmm. Okay. Basic restraint. Yeah. So mm-hmm. pretty low key stuff, but definitely mm-hmm. moving out of your sort of like tab A goes into hole B kind of sex. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. Great. Shades of consensual, non consensual mm-hmm. um, a little bit before. And so then it became a very intentional thing. And so we've been very careful and I think in a good way, intentional about communicating sort of, we use the term play date for like that versus our, we're just having vanilla sex. Cause like, I love it. You need a term. Um, yes. So ahead of time talking about, well, what do you feel like? Well, what do I feel like? Well, how would you want me to do that? And then it happening. And then aftercare and then reflecting after, well, how was that? Well, what if we did this different and sort of checking in. And so I think we are in a good space for that, but we also don't know what we don't know. Mm. And so in both the aspect, is there, are there things that we should be considering that we just don't even know to consider as we're in that dynamic? Um, And then also like you almost don't realize what other things you might like. And so when we were talking in preparation for this, it was almost like, well, I like tuna salad. So I'd probably also like chicken salad, but if I don't know chicken salad exists, like how can I ever go to try chicken salad? Fair. And so it's a little bit, a little bit of that, I think. Yeah. Okay, great. And when you said, uh, you mentioned aftercare, uh, can you tell me what your aftercare looks like? Yes. Yeah, so it's usually, uh, depending on the type of play date, but typically like ice pack, um, a lot of cuddling and holding each other, uh, making sure Caitlin is hydrated well, things of that nature. Um, Really just kind of making sure we're emotionally connecting with each other um, afterwards rather than just being an intense play date and then being like, well, that was fun. And I'm going to go and I'll see you later. Good. I'm glad to hear it. That that's really important piece of this whole thing. Um, and so it sounds like Caitlin, you are primarily or exclusively the sub in these dynamics. Exclusively, <laughs> except for the few times we've tried it the other way, which was not my forte and I did not enjoy. And I have informed Chris if he wants that experience, which is fine, he'll have to wait till after the pandemic and find it with someone who is not me. <laughs> okay. And Chris, how does that feel to you? It feels appropriate because, yeah, we've tried it a few times. Uh, I have noticed I've been able to kind of sink into that to a certain extent. And then the moment I pick up that Caitlin's feeling uncomfortable, that I like realize, okay, I'm feeling uncomfortable yeah. and this doesn't feel right. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure that's if I want to have 
a submissive experience that often, but I do think at some point being able to like at least have it and say like, is that actually what I want or if sure. that isn't what I want? Yeah. Okay, great. So it sounds like the communication lines on that are wide open and that's great. I love mm-hmm. how, how open and communicative the two of you are with each other. This is a mm-hmm. fantastic place to be working from. Um, you also mentioned ice packs, which makes mm-hmm. me think that this is, you're doing some high impact play. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? And, yes. and how, how extensive does that play get? I don't know. Is this I think one we, don't know. we don't know. We don't know. Okay. We can send you the pictures of the bruises. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let me ask it differently. <laughs> what kinds of activities are you doing? What kinds of, what kinds of implements are you using? What kinds of communication scale do you have during the play itself? Um, so anything that's ranging from like, we have a paddle riding crop, you grabbed a switch from the woods, but we probably used that once. <laughs> he is hesitant to use myself. Um, grab switch. Well, because as it was a part, it gets along those lines. One of the first things that we've been really conscious about doing is before I use anything on Caitlin, I'd make sure to use it on myself. And so okay. that was the first time using the, the stick for the woods. I was like, yeah, no, like, I, like, I'm not comfortable being able to like control the level of impact of this, like from a, like, well, it kind of hurts like, wow. Like it's very yeah. small uh, twist of the dial for lack of a better term. Sure. And then regarding, and sometimes like spanking, just like well, with my hand, hand as well. That's yeah. True. Mm-hmm. Um, and then regarding communication with that, it's usually kind of checking in beforehand, like making sure that like Caitlin, like remembers where our safe word is. And then like, um, like periodically, like during, it depends on the, iteration of the impact play i guess for lack of a better term so if it's um like slow and drawn out then usually might be like kind of we typically have music on in the background we have like a our play date playlist yeah um, and so um, we're conditioning so, we're yeah. researchers <laughs> that, that when you're, you're driving you hear that song in the car you're like oh hey i'm miss caitlin right now so weird um and so uh but so there'll be times where it's like i've slown and drawn out i'm using the writing crop for like the entire duration of a song but like going from two up to ten and other times it's like two six eight ten okay great i love to hear you use that kind of measurement system um so two to ten or zero to ten um because that means that the two of you are really communicating about where you are and it's not just stop and go Mm-hmm. Um, so terrific. Um, and Caitlin, how are you feeling about being able to use your safe word? Have you ever safe worded? I have actually okay. fairly recently. Um, and I think only once the one time, and it was actually mm-hmm. during two or three play. times. Mm-hmm. Have I? Okay. Uh, well, I don't remember half the time <laughs> what happens <laughs> for me. It's very like, I'm high. Things yeah. are just happening. So you go straight into subspace. I can't. So we've been intentional about that too. Um, and a dynamic of, and for me, it's very much either like I'm in a more bratty mood and it's leaning towards that way. And then I don't really get into deep subspace. Okay. And then it's more of like the a back and forth almost banter to it versus, okay, well, like I'm going into subspace. And so I've had to express, particularly with like impact play, like you can't jump from zero to eight. Like if you're trying to get a reaction and I'm being bratty, like that's, you could jump from zero to eight. But if you're trying to get me to where like I'm deeply submissive, then it has to build more. Mm -hmm. Like that's just the different way that I experienced that. 
Um, and so to Chris's credit, he's very intentional about, I think, paying attention to, okay, am I actually getting into subspace? If it's a time that I've expressed like, yes, this is mm-hmm. where I want to be in it. Okay, great. Versus versus telling you to breathe and remind you to like, actually, th- there's been times where I do the opposite where I'm almost trying to get her out of subspace in a way of like being a jackass. We've established that like, <laughs> I might be a, a nice person in general, but then during some of our play dates, I can quickly become an asshole. Mystic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And is that um, fun for you, Caitlin? Yes. Okay, good. Perfect. <laughs> Which I've quit trying to understand as part of myself. I'm like, I Same. don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I think that sometimes analysis is not necessary. <laughs> I know that that's not really a part of either of your brain makeup. You like analysis, but... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, okay, so I want to go back and pick up two things. One is um, is safe wording. I actually think it's really important to safe word in... Mm-hmm. It, is specifically, Chris, I think that it is periodically really important for you to push Caitlin to the point of safe wording so mm-hmm. that you both have that experience. So Caitlin, you know that you're capable of doing it when you need to. And Chris, you trust that she will do it when she needs to. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I remember the first time that Caitlin used a safe word and afterwards we were talking, she wasn't necessarily apologetic about it, but like was a little like worried, like, oh, hey, yeah. like, I'm that I used that I was like no like like thank goodness in a weird way I can breathe now knowing that like I can trust you that much more in these experiences and I exactly. think I didn't realize like not mm-hmm. just starting a BDSM kind of dynamic I didn't realize how much I knew she was going to trust me but I didn't realize how much I was going to have to be trusting her yes in these experiences exactly um, so yeah. that was like such a gift and a like beautiful way of like okay like I can trust that you're going to use a safe word and so yeah. and that's really important. Um, that because you can't relax as the dom unless right. you know that you can trust your sub. This mm-hmm. DS dynamic is super interesting because while it looks like the dom is the one in control, it is actually the sub who's in control because it's the sub who gets to say at any moment, stop, mm-hmm. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're trying new things, you might want to set up a specific time when you're like, I want to try this thing with you. Let's see if you enjoy it. And if you do, let's push it until you safe word. So we both know mm. where that line is. Mm-hmm. And then think- you also are both fully familiar with that activity. Right. But, but like, there'll be never, I don't think we've ever had an experience where we're introducing something new that isn't very intentional ahead of time. Like, let's Good. try this out and let's really like feel it out first and almost do that kind of pushing to the Excellent. safe word. Excellent. Uh, correct if I'm wrong. Yeah, I think before we tried impact play for the first time, we did it outside of like we had had a play date and then I had said, I think this is something I want to try. And so then Chris volunteered, okay, well, do you want to just try it? And so then we we like talked through that. And so we laid there with me not in that dynamic. Good. Like he hit me with various things at various <laughs> strengths. And I was like, oh yeah, oh no, I could get into that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then that's when I realized how like meditative that is for me mm-hmm. to the point where I will now intentionally request it in like, yes, I'm feeling a play date, but like I want this to happen at the beginning or I want this to happen at some point or. Caitlin, um, do you ever become nonverbal in your subspace? It feels like it feels sort of heady enough that it feels like I am, but I yep. I've never got to a point where I think I would actually not be. And when we have pushed it to those times where it seems like there's potential, Chris is very intentional about checking in Mm -hmm. outside of 
I have a safe word. And so he'll pause and say, I'm going to do this now, or I'm going, this is going to get harder, or this is going to get more intense. Do you remember your safe word? And will like have me verbally say it. Great. Have a like, wave your arm. All right, good. So you guys are like so ahead of the curve. Um, so, um, I love all of that. And there are some people who go into subspace and lose the connection with their words. It's totally mm-hmm. normal. Um, it's just a brain connection thing when you're going so far into feelings um, mm-hmm. that, that those sort of connections you lose track of them. So it's really important to have a nonverbal safe word mm-hmm. that you can use in the event that that happens. So if the two of you have agreed that it's waving your arm, great. Um, I know some people who play with like gags and other things that intentionally make you nonverbal, mm-hmm. they'll have the sub like hold a bell or hold a ball or something so that if the mm. sub releases their hand they the dom can hear it drop onto the floor and they know i need to check in mm, that's a good idea because we have had in times where we are using gags and things i can tell it's been very in the moment for chris to come up with like he as we're playing he's trying to come up with like a system yeah. and so it'll be like put your hand here and if you do this like this is what it's gonna mean in this moment mm. yeah holding something would be that would be easy yeah So that's just something to think about and talk about between the two of you so that it's consistent. And Mm -hmm. then just like your safe word, you never have to think about it. You don't have to come up with it each time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Great. So what are some other questions that the two of you have? So one of the things that uh, we were talking about is I think what's been exciting for both of us is being able to kind of explore what we like and what we don't like when it comes to sex. And particularly for me, I mean, I went from, I was about to say, I don't know if this is too much information. We're literally happy to- Nothing talk, is too much talk, information. <laughs> talk about sex, yeah. So, but, but like, like our initial like sex was like, I wasn't comfortable with blowjobs. I'd never received one before. Like mm. I couldn't handle touch, like if it was directed to me without me being able to anchor myself to Caitlin and being able to like touch her in some capacity as well. And like now that's very much not an issue at all. Things have escalated quickly. <laughs> yes, it's, it's become very aggressive and- I, I enjoy it a lot. And so I think, but along those lines, one of the things that has been uh, a weird, like, like mindset that I can't quite get out of is typically when we're doing play dates, my pleasure is like one degree of separation. It's the reaction I get from, I don't know if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. the reaction I get from Caitlin yes. is what turns me on rather than something that she's doing to me is turning me on. Yeah. And that's not an, that's not at any fault of her. It's more of like I'm the way I'm framing things, the way I'm setting things up becomes, okay, I'm tying you up. And then like, I'm like, I'm fucking your mouth. But at the end of the day, it's still like the act of making her gag on my dick versus mm-hmm. like getting a blowjob. Yeah. And so I don't know. And so I think that's the times where we've tried to almost flip it to make it like, okay, like I want things to be about my body. And so our, because we don't know, we don't know our default is, well, if I want to be about Chris's body, therefore, like Chris should be submissive, and we'll tie him up. And then, that, and then that's when, like the the spirals will happen for us. Is wondering how to make it about my body while being dominant. If yeah. that makes sense. Almost yeah. want to be more verbally dominant because you're very physically right. dominant. And so, and so I have said because for me as a submissive, well, then just lay there and tell me what to do, and then like problem solved. But that's a different like sort of. So for me, that would be the same experience. Like that is the same submissive as if I was tied up, like submissive is submissive. But it seems for Kristen that verbal is 
different. And so we did mm-hmm. do a lot outside of the BDSM context in our vanilla sex life, for lack of a better term. We did the three minute game quite a bit yes. after I did the group class with you. And so that helped both of us a lot. But I think Chris, especially in like, he had no idea what he liked or how he liked being touched. And so that was a big shift that I think prepared us very much for this. And so almost how, how to accomplish that same thing, but in the context of BDSM would be helpful. I get so many messages from listeners saying, thank you for the show. I've listened to the whole back catalog and it's helped me completely transform my sex life. Are you one of those people? If so, I'd love to have your support so I can keep growing this show and bringing a new vision of sexuality to the world. If you haven't done it yet, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast. I know the podcast industry does not make reviewing a show easy. So go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash goodgirls. And it should lead you through the process of posting a review. I'd love to get 100 reviews by the end of the year, and I could use your help. And if you have the financial resources to support the sex positive work I do, I'd be so grateful for your support at Patreon. Donating the equivalent of a fancy cup of coffee each month might not make a big difference to you, but it makes a huge difference to me. There's no contract or obligation. You can cancel at any time. And I donate 10% of all proceeds to ARC Southeast, an organization that supports women in the Southeast United States to access reproductive services that are now either illegal or heavily legislated. It's easy to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash Good Girls Talk About Sex. And speaking of Patreon, there is a treasure trove of additional audio at Patreon that's free for everyone to listen to. You don't even need to have a Patreon account to access it. Just go to patreon.com forward slash good girls talk about sex to start listening. I appreciate every one of you, whether you're a client, a contributor, a social media follower, or a silent listener. I trust you to know what's right for you. Thank you for being here. Now, let's get back to the show. Before we go any further into this conversation, I want to say to Chris that what you are verbalizing is completely normal. (laughs) Um, This idea that my pleasure comes from her pleasure is very much a part of the Dom experience. Mm -hmm. And um, you, yes, there is a distinction between doming in order to take care of the other person's needs versus taking care of your needs. Mm -hmm. Uh, And those, both of those things can happen, but it is a very different mind space for you. So when Caitlin says to you, if you just tell me what to do, I'm still in that submissive space. What is that? What's that discomfort for you or that disconnect for you? Yeah, it's not discomfort. I think it's more of it's. Yeah, I, don't know, I guess we, we, we just don't have. So 
one of the things that Caitlin will joke with me about is I can't visualize things the way that most of the population can. And so because of that, like I literally can't think of what that looks like without having that experience. And so for, for me, it's like, oh, like being dominant is simple. Like I just tie her up and like, I know that looks like that. I don't know what it looks like to lie in bed and like still dominate yeah. her in the sense of like controlling her around the room without it being yeah. physical. So there's a distinction between physically dominating and mentally dominating. And this is something that I know you're both researchers, so you can sort of go down a rabbit hole of Googling about this. Um, there are even people who are called sensual dominance. So it's all about um, c- controlling the other person's uh, actions through their senses um, or through their sens- sensuality. I would suggest that maybe a way, since you're not exactly sure what the activities are that you want to tell her to do, maybe you could say to her, okay, I want to feel this. Now figure out how to make it happen. Does that feel like something that you would have more access to in that space? Are you asking me? You're asking Kate. I'm asking you, Chris. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no, I think, again, it's almost like being at, I can't think of a better term than like Walmart versus Costco. Like, I, like I'm aware I can do any of those things, but like, it's just too overwhelming. Like I'm lying there. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I, there's so many things I can make her do right now versus like if I knew like a menu of like, here's how, like here are three commands to use, then that would be easier. And, and the other thing too, is I think like, I don't have an, a problem verbally telling Caitlin what to do as long as it pertains to her body. So I have no issue at all telling her like, use your vibrator, like and hold it against you. They're like, okay, take it away. And they like, I can stand in the corner of the room and be bossing her around. But for mm-hmm. some reason, when it comes to bossing her to do stuff to me, that starts feeling like some weird line of crossing of like, okay, well, that's too far. Like you're yeah. uh, out of why. Yeah. Okay. So I have two ideas. One is that um, you think of yourself as the asshole boss who says, now get this project done, but I'm not going to give you any instructions and I'm not going to give you any timeline, but whatever you're doing is not, it's not enough and it's not fast enough. (laughs) And you can just perform doming from that place. Mm -hmm. um, If that makes some sense to you. Another thing that you could do is Chris, when you are in that non sex space, when you, when you are not in sex brain with all of your chemicals flooding, and it sounds like the two of you are great at having these conversations. So do the do it the two of you. Go through, make a list for yourself of some of the things you really enjoy having her do. And then make like a poster of them. Caitlin, you've actually heard me give this instruction to someone else in our group coaching, I remember. Like they have an actual menu. Yes, exactly. You have an actual menu that you can that you can look at and say, I want you to do number three. Mm-hmm. And then you're when you're in that space, you don't have to come up with it. You just have to choose from the options in front of you. Because mm-hmm. I do think for me, it's a difficult dance of bouncing. I want to make Caitlin do something, but at the same time, I'm aware for her, like she wants to be in the subspace. And so I don't want to, I think, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's, you want to be able to like not think. And so the actor telling you, okay, like come up with a, a way to please me out that seems... I, I, I worry that's like not be like allow you to be submissive then. I think it still would be because it's still you because you do a fair amount of mental control already. Right. And verbal control already. It's just to your point, it's directed at 
like me or doing something else and not directed towards bringing you pleasure. Mm-hmm. And that's what brings me pleasure. It brings me pleasure to like manipulate you verbally and like, but yeah, it's never focused on. It is that always that one degree of separation. But that's not unique to the BDSM dynamic either. And that no. you're the, fo- the lack of focus on you or too much attention on you. I mean, he's not kidding when he says at first when we started having sex, like I couldn't do anything to him if he was not also touching me. Or it was <laughs> yeah. just, and so I was so confused. Well, panic attack, I like, yeah. went down on him and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, it, this is a thing. This, we can do this. this <laughs> is, I'm, I'm hard. I, you don't need to do anything else to me. Like that's sweet, but no. <laughs> I've not ever had this experience before where I went down and someone was like, what are you doing? Like this is right. a question. So I'm not sure how to handle this situation. Mm-hmm. So it seems like the two of you have done a lot of learning together. And this is just the next step of your learning together. It, you've got a great base of Chris, you physically dominating Caitlin and even mentally, verbally dominating her for her pleasure. And now sort of the next space for you to go into Mm -hmm. is dominating her for your pleasure. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, Caitlin, you and I talked in our one-on-one conversation about erotica. This Mm -hmm. would be a great place for the two of you to start looking at some erotica together. Um, Mm -hmm. I would specifically suggest lit erotica because they're going to be so just thousands of stories. Mm -hmm. You can just quickly go through them and be like, nope, not interested in that. Not in, oh, but this one, this is the one that shows me what I want to do. And then you can sort of take notes from it. Mm -hmm. And really see like this really turns me on. So I want to mimic this behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not a fan in most cases of fake it till you make it. <laughs> I think, I think that in general, that's a real problem. But in cases where you're trying to learn new behavior that you're just not sure how to do, I think that mimicking um, somebody else's instructions so that you can be like, oh, this feels right. And I want to adjust this and I want to throw this piece out. That can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. I like that. I think one of the other things too, we had been talking about uh, is for me, I I didn't know it until I tried to have Caitlin do it. And then she's like, oh, I didn't realize you're into this. It was like kind of shades of voyeurism. Mm-hmm. And how do you go about that in a way that like that doesn't seem like something that Caitlin's interested in. And are there like happy mediums with that, that you could suggest to be able to kind of have that experience without it being like. So let me just clarify, Chris, you're into the experience of voyeurism and Caitlin, you're not. Correct. And I think both of us, so my hesitation with it, which is also why Chris is not engaged in it, is that concept of consent with like someone else in the general public mm. who might see has not consented to seeing. And so that makes me very uncomfortable. Like any anything where someone hasn't consented, like I think you even just posted on Instagram with like the bachelor and her dildo, like someone else hasn't consented to this. <laughs> yes. Um, and so that is what hangs me up on it. And so we have talked about how in a context of like a sex club or something where everyone there is consenting to being part of experiences, I might actually be more okay with it. I don't know because I've not tried that. Um, But particularly again, then in a pandemic, is there anything that might fulfill that need for Chris somehow without it then potentially intruding on other people, which I have never, like that will always be a hard line. Sure. I, so here's the basic concept. Yes. Voyeurism without the consent of the people who are 
being weird right. <laughs> is, is really not okay. It is a, viol- a consent violation. The beautiful thing is, though, that there are people in the world whose kink is exhibitionism. Mm-hmm. And there are people whose kink is voyeurism. Exhibitionists are served by voyeurs, and voyeurs are served by exhibitionists. So it's a beautiful symbiosis. Are we and, mixing this up, Caitlin? Yeah, I, we might be mixing, we up mixing it up. I don't. I don't necessarily want to watch people. I want to be watched. Perfect. So okay, that's, that's exhibitionist. Yep. That's not voyeurist. Yep, right? that's exhibitionist. Yeah, yep. we were. We we're mixing them up. Right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So same. Same. Yeah. Exactly the same details, just reverse the words. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Being an exhibitionist in public without people's consent, not cool. Right. But this is where the internet is a beautiful thing <laughs> because you can find spaces on the internet where people come together. Now, it, obviously, it's against the rules of any and every platform that you could use. Um, but there are plenty of people who put, are putting together Zoom sex parties and you could be there's a 2020 a, concept a right? Zoom text party. <laughs> exactly <laughs> and just you know to to be fully transparent i've been invited to a lot of them and i haven't done any of them <laughs> so <laughs> so i don't know exactly what the experience is i do know that there are rooms that are specifically set up for exhibitionists and voyeurs mm-hmm is, is there is there a happy medium in between that though as well? I think <laughs> my, correct if I'm wrong, Caitlin. I think that's even that's a lot. That, that, that might, might be a be lot a for me, frankly. That might be a stretch. Yeah, I, I think. So I think for me, I view like exhibitionism as more like being in a hotel room and like having sex up against a window, um, or like it's like the idea that people might be able to see us, but yeah. like, I don't need them to identify that. It's, like the two of us having sex per se. Well, you could rent a hotel room and go have sex up against the window. I think that that was tried at one point, and I was like, <laughs> "The light is on in here, and it is dark out there, which means people can see in here." And so I'm not. And I was like, "Yeah, that's the point." <laughs> that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> My feeling about the hotel room thing is a little bit different. It's not like going out into the public square, right, and having sex where people can't avoid it. If you're in a window on a city escape or you know a, a, any hotel you are anonymous and people can choose to look or choose to not mm-hmm. look um you know it's a very small square <laughs> of space if you're on the outside looking in you can choose to avoid it um so that is certainly an option mm-hmm. um so it sounds chris like yours your kink is more like this sort of surreptitious exhibitionism right. as opposed to outright exhibitionism right yeah it's like the rush of not getting caught i think for part of Mm -hmm. it too because at one point we did in a consensual non-consensual play date and so he asked he was like okay so if it's non-consensual he has like a backyard that has neighbors very far away and it's small and there's lots of trees and it's fenced in and there's a patio like it is as outside as you can be and be protected and like reasonably having sex and he's like so if i made you go in the backyard i was like well i'm not gonna like it but and I was like, that makes you want it even more of time <laughs> to non-consensual. And so that's been sort of the happy medium yeah. so far, because then it is like technically the potential of getting caught. How does that feel for you, Chris? Like, does that feel like it scratches the itch? Yeah, that definitely does. I think okay. particularly like we've joked like that's one of the times we've 
really realized I could be a jackass in those moments because hearing Caitlin be like, yeah, I don't like know if like, I'm not going to be happy about it, but yeah, I'll go outside. And I was like, even better. Like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so Caitlin, what are some other things you wouldn't be happy about? Great question. <laughs> why have I not asked that? I, I always I ask, know. what do you want? Why have I never asked, like, what do you not I don't, want? I don't know. That is, I appreciate Leah giving him that suggestion now. Um, I don't know. Cause I, I think I have very few actual hard limits. I say that. So we've gone through and done, I think after our group class, Leah, you talked about going through and doing the, um, they're like the surveys that you each do individually. And then it yeah. like matches you with the, like, you might, I might be into this. I could do this. I'm not absolutely doing this. So I do have more hard limits than I would have said, because I like want nothing with feces or like, like you don't realize until those surveys, how many options with feces there are. Um, and so that's called a yes, no, maybe list. So go on. So the yes, no, maybe list. So I did realize I do have more no's, um, but they're more on what I assume is kind of the extreme end mm-hmm. of, of things like bodily fluids, not necessarily at least like urine type bodily fluids. Like yeah. not my gene. Um, Besides that, we haven't. So I, interestingly, I thought I had more hard limits when we started this. So like I would have said that impact plate was out. Like I have no interest in you hitting me. And then I was the one who was actually like, well, maybe try it lightly. Like maybe I'd like it. And then he was doing it. I was like, well, can you try it harder? Like, I don't feel what you're doing back there. Like maybe with like purpose. Yeah, and now <laughs> um, you text me and be like, Hey, like I have 30 minutes. Can I come over? Like just for a little bit of impact but, play. And yes. And now I'm like, we'll take a picture. Cause I want to see if it's bruising. <laughs> um, when's the last time that the two of you did the yes, no, maybe list? Actually, I don't think we've done it since we started doing BDSM. We did it. We did it when we started having sex in general. I would suggest you go back and do it again because those things change. Mm -hmm. Things shift. You discover that you like things you didn't know you were going to like. Your tastes change and you're no longer into something that you used to be into. Go back Mm -hmm. and do it again. And Chris, you might find some of those things that are maybes for her that you can command her to do that she's not going to be so excited about. That's perfect. Do you have a a particular (laughs) like list or... um website that you recommend for that? Might I suggest mine? Perfect. There you go. (laughs) And what I what I like about mine, (laughs) if I may, is that that there is a rating scale. It's not just yes, no, maybe. Mm. If you're a yes, are you a yes at a two or are you a yes at an eight? Mm -hmm. And so then Chris, again, you know, her maybes are are kind of a, a squishy area. So you want to be careful with those, but you might find some yeses that are just a two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that is, I don't know how it didn't occur to us to do that again, because that was so helpful at the beginning. Yeah. Good, I, I yeah. Just think we, we informally continue to do that. Yeah. But. I mean, we, because we debrief so often, but. Mm-hmm. Um, and because the two of you are into a little bit more hardcore BDSM, like you're not into super hardcore BDSM based on what you've told me, um, but you're in that sort of um, medium area. Mm-hmm. My list will be good to a point and I'll send it to you. Uh, help me remember when we get off the phone, I'll send it to you and I'll put it in the show notes. But uh, you may also want to go and find a specific BDSM list. Mm-hmm. Um, these lists were actually created by the BDSM community specifically because um, communication and negotiation is so important mm-hmm. in these interactions. I created my list for people who are sort of on the lighter end of that, mm-hmm. um, but still needed that communication tool. Mm-hmm. I do think that's been something that's been somewhat challenging for us as we've 
progressed along uh, with our play dates is that like when we're trying to find stuff on online in particular, it's either people that are like, you want to like take care of your submissive, like tie her up. And you're like, well, we were doing that before play dates. So that's, that's not helpful. <laughs> and then yeah. or you have like on the other side of the spectrum, it's people that are suggesting crazy stuff. And so there, there isn't a lot of like, I do think we're a part of this. I don't think we know where we are on that scale, but I do think we're at like a five, six, when it comes to like, I have, I can't even gauge. It's one of those things where again, we don't know enough to know where, yeah. Most of the stuff that you just find on a typical Google search, we're like, okay, well, we got that covered. So, right. You know, when the pandemic is over, you might enjoy um, finding a BDSM party or a tasting. That's what we have here in Portland um, monthly when there's not a pandemic. We uh, There's an evening that happens for BDSM tastings where you can go and people have their rig set up. And you can experience each of the different things for a couple of minutes. Uh, and there are things there that blow my mind on a regular basis. Somebody has a vacuum table. I want nothing to do with that. <laughs> but my partner is like, sign me up. I want in. <laughs> so, you know, it's not, it's not like anything is too far. Mm-hmm. It's just what your personal tastes are. And right. so. When you have an opportunity, I think the two of you might really enjoy going to one of those gatherings and mm-hmm. just sort of seeing all the different options. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the meantime, erotica is, <laughs> again, always a great place to sort of get some ideas. Um, Chris, you wanted to go back to bruising. Yeah. So I think one of the things with our like particularly impact play, but even a lot of the times where we're having play dates, uh, I think the dynamic that we both enjoy, I think Caitlin in particular enjoys like that being pushed to like, what is her limit and what are things like, what is too far for her? And we've had some play dates where like, I'm aware that I've had to stop even though she's not ready to stop because I, I know she's like in a subspace where she can handle it, but the next day, like she's going to be hurt. And how do you balance mm-hmm. out of making sure you're fulfilling that for her of like, she's saying, Hey, like I, I like, like you didn't leave any marks. What the heck? And then next time you're like, oh, I'll freaking leave marks. But you, like, you don't actually <laughs> want to hurt her afterwards either. Like, how do you, how do you balance that? So, Chris, one of your jobs as a dom is to keep your brain mm-hmm. when she loses hers. Mm-hmm. So, if she's saying yes, keep going to an activity that you know is going to be detrimental to her, not because you think, oh, this is too kinky and this is too weird and somehow I'm damaging her, but because you have actually seen evidence in prior play sessions that the next day she's like, oh, you know, when we were doing this, it was fun, but now this is too much. Right. That's your job to walk that line Mm -hmm. for her when she can't keep her brain straight. On the other hand, if... Um, are you saying that you don't ever want to leave bruises? Oh, no, I think we okay. actually want, we want to leave bruises. So I guess maybe that's okay. a- We're relatively competitive. So it's more, do we actually <laughs> want it? Or are we just competing against ourselves? Like when you're running and you try and like your mile is faster the next day. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of that. Like, I don't actually care about them other than I'm like, well, it was less than last time. <laughs> right. But then, and then like you have like, it's partly because Caitlin does have like that bratty that also the submissive like sure. shades on both sides. So like the submissive side of her will enjoy it. But the next day she'll like be a brat about be like, oh, I thought you left bruises. Like there's nothing here. Like what the heck? <laughs> I'm like, well, next time I'll beat the shit out of you. <laughs> then, but then it's hard to like, I have to remind myself like the next time, like, no, okay. Like, like that was her being bratty. Like, and, like side though, like in this moment. Okay. Like, yeah. To be. 
So that's what you just said is super important. Each experience, each play session is discreet unto itself. Mm-hmm. Just because she had a response to something last week does not mean that she's necessarily in the same headspace today. So you need to start each play session um, with a new understanding or a current understanding of where your partner is. Do you um, have suggestions for bruising? Is that a weird question to ask? <laughs> <laughs> like for how you deal with the after effects of no, it? No, no, no. I like, because I mean, I can tell you the videos, I'll beat the shit out of her. There still won't be bruises. I'm like, I can't hit, like, it's not because like, I'm afraid to hit her harder. Like, yeah. I, you just like, don't bruise much. Is that it, Caitlin? I don't, so I think I do, actually, but apparently not like on my ass. <laughs> it's so frustrating. <laughs> so this is something I'm going to actually have to do a little research on because I, this is not a question I'm familiar with, but I uh, will do the research and I will get back to you. I have uh, I have some friends who are into very heavy BDSM, so I will ask them and I'll get back to you. Perfect. <laughs> yes. I guess another way of asking that, though, is that also healthy? Like they, like one of the things that Caitlin was kind of alluding to is like we are both very competitive, and so like I don't want to be doing something that we're like, oh, like let's try to do this just for the sake of doing it if it's not a healthy thing to do. My barometer is not what would anybody else in the world tell you is healthy. My barometer is: Are you having fun? Are you having any regret afterward? Are you having any discomfort feelings? If you're having discomfort feelings, it's something to look at because it's not aligned with your needs and your desires. Oh, you mean emotional discomfort, not she feels like she fell down a staircase discomfort. Right. I don't mean physical discomfort. Um, No, I'm talking about emotional. (laughs) The physical is inevitable. Yeah, the physical is part of the experience for Mm -hmm. her. Mm -hmm. So that's not a problem. Yeah. If either one of you is having emotional discomfort of what you're doing, mm-hmm. that's something to look at. But if you're having a great time, fuck what anybody else okay. says. <laughs> like, Sounds good. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Easy enough. Yeah. All right. Um, so we're coming to the end here. Is there anything else that the two of you would like to talk about? Questions you'd like to ask? Anything else? I don't think so. This was so helpful. Thank you. It's really oh, helpful. Thank welcome. you so much. I nice to finally I'm, meet you. I've heard about you for, for so long. I'm like, I'm just been this. Like, here with this the your, yeah, no, it's your podcast. I'm like, oh my gosh. Long time listener, first time caller kind of vibe. Yeah, so exciting. <laughs> well, I'm thrilled to have had the chance to talk with both of you. Um, this is really fun. This kind of like you're pushing your edges and you just want to make sure that you're doing things safe. Like I love this kind of conversation. So thank, oh, thank you, you for showing up to do it. And um, I really love how communicative the two of you are and how concerned you are for each other's safety and comfort, not physical comfort, but, <laughs> <laughs> but emotional and mental comfort. I think that's fantastic. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of people who will say, BDSM is just wrong. It's just, it's wrong and it's sadistic and it's bad because the only version of it that they know is the Fifty Shades of Gray version, mm-hmm. which is 
a wildly shitty, <laughs> shitty Dom. Wildly dysfunctional, <laughs> emotionally so abusive relationship. So abusive. Yeah. Anytime there's a Dom who says, if you safe word, then we will never play together again. Run. <laughs> fucking run away. <laughs> right. No, I, I've been, um, we've so, talked about this before. Like, It's been so surprising how much like the BDSM context has helped us with communication just in general. Like, And not even with the two of us, but just in our lives in general. Yeah. Um, and kind of setting clear expectations and things of those lines. Like it's been like, oh, like, like this is actually like the healthiest, like by far. Um, yeah. In fact, the people in the sex positive community will almost always say, look to our BDSM brothers and sisters for what good communication looks like. People who are doing it in a healthy way have some of the best communication in our culture. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love it. Y'all are awesome. We could talk awesome. again anytime you want. <laughs> oh, we'll definitely take you up on it. I hope you enjoyed that deep dive into considerations around exploring new facets of kink and BDSM. If you'd like to work with me, I am available for one-on-one and couple sessions. And I offer both weekly video sessions and or daily coaching by text. I recently added the coaching by text and my clients are getting phenomenal results. For instance, recently I've been working with a woman who had been in a relationship where her sexuality was just not welcomed by her partner. It left her feeling completely separated from her own sense of fun and adventure and unsure how to interact with anyone who showed interest in her. When we started working together just a month ago, she was afraid to trust her own sense of excitement if someone showed interest in her because she didn't want to get into another bad situation. And the idea of saying no to someone she wasn't interested in sent her into a state of emotional paralysis. She wanted to break the unhealthy patterns that got her into bad relationships, reconnect with her own needs and desires, and learn how to confidently present herself to new potential partners. During just one month of daily texting and weekly video calls, we've identified the red flags that signposted those borderline abusive relationships, practiced how to say no to suitors she's not interested in, discovered what she needs to feel safe and stay present when engaging with a new sexual partner, and practiced talking about those safety messers with a potential partner. She's feeling strong enough and stable enough in her new communication skills that just this week, she decided to say yes to a man who has shown interest in her. She sat down with this new play partner and told him exactly what she needs in order to feel safe and stay present when they're playing together. They had a deep conversation about their turn-ons, turn-offs, and relationship expectations and agreed to boundaries that leave them both feeling seen and taken care of. Even just 10 days ago, the thought of having that conversation threw her into terror-filled tears because she didn't think she could find the words. But through patient daily encouragement and the opportunity to practice saying the words out loud 
as often as she needed to get comfortable with them, she has moved leaps and bounds. And now she has a play partner that she's excited about playing with instead of dreading violated boundaries and missed communication. When I checked in with her this morning to see if it was okay to share her story, she said, yes, I am feeling so proud of myself. The world needs to know what an incredible service you're providing, and I'm so happy to contribute to getting the word out. This is exactly the kind of momentous movement you can have with patient daily encouragement. That's what I want for you. And I'm looking forward to supporting you as your coach. If that sounds like something you'd like, click over to leahcarry.com forward slash coaching, and there you'll find all of my coaching offerings. And if you want to dip your toe in the water before diving in head first, I get it. The PJ parties are a great way to spend a couple hours getting a sense of whether you feel safe and comfortable with me before committing to a full coaching package. All of this information and more is at leahcarry.com forward slash coaching. And one more thing before we leave Chris and Caitlin. As I was preparing this episode, I got a message from Caitlin with an update about her same-sex explorations. She wrote to me, When we talked about my realization about being attracted to women, it was so new. I'd really only done self-reflection. I hadn't reached the stage of gathering information to learn more. In the last month, I have, and I've learned so much about internalized biphobia and bi erasure. Once I started to dismantle those deeply ingrained concepts, I've reached a place where I can not only confidently and comfortably claim bisexual as a label, but I think it's important to claim it. When we talked, I said I didn't want to have a label, but I realize now that I was rejecting the label because I wasn't comfortable with it. I was just moonlighting as being enlightened so that I transcended labels. Because I couldn't make being uncomfortable with bisexuality fit with how comfortable I would be claiming a label like lesbian. Thanks so much to Caitlin for bringing up the issue of internalized biphobia. It's something I've talked about a little bit here in regard to my own story, but it would be a great topic for a future episode. Listeners, if you have thoughts on biphobia or bi erasure that you'd like to share, please call the listener line at 720-GOOD-SEX and leave a message. I would love to hear from you. That's it for today. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts Or if you're using another podcast app, go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash goodgirls. And remember, there's a treasure trove of audio extras available for free at Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash goodgirls talk about sex. While listening to those extras is free, producing this show is not. If my work is meaningful to you, and you have a few dollars to support it each month, I will gratefully accept your patronage at Patreon. 
I donate 10% of all Patreon proceeds to ARC Southeast, an organization that supports women in the Southeast United States to access reproductive services that are increasingly difficult to obtain. Find out more and become a community member at patreon.com forward slash good girls talk about sex. Show notes and transcripts for this episode are at goodgirlstalk.com. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Good Girls Talk for more sex positive content. If you have a question or comment about anything you've heard on the show, call and leave a message at 720-GOOD-SEX. Good Girls Talk About Sex is produced by me, Leah Carey, and edited by Gretchen Kilby. I have additional administrative support from Lara O'Connor and Maria Franco. Transcripts are produced by Jan Asiello. Before we go, I want to remind you that the things you may have heard about your sexuality aren't true. You are worthy. You are desirable. You are not broken. As your sex and intimacy coach, I will guide you in embracing the sexuality that is innately yours, no matter what it looks like. To set up your free discovery call, go to leahcarry.com forward slash coaching. Until next time, here's to your better sex life. Sex life.